What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. And before we get into our ridiculous, over-the-top, absurd, hot takes that I had with Nihilus Bucks, I want to talk a little bit about the Sixers-Knicks game, which obviously was not great. Um, This is something that I had tweeted before the game, which was essentially with Embiid and Drummond banged up. And the fact that we didn't have Ben, the Knicks coming off a bad loss that I felt like the Sixers were probably going to lose that game. I don't bet. I'm not a gambler. But I said, put money against the Sixers. This just feels like a game that they lose. And of course they did. They lost in embarrassing fashion. They got absolutely destroyed in the second quarter. Other than that, it was fine um, for the rest of the game. But when the Knicks couldn't miss a fucking three in the third quarter, the pick and roll defense was absolutely horrible all throughout the first half. It basically made it so that the Sixers weren't in the game. I'm fine right now. I'm doing okay. I'm I'm all right. I, I really am not that broken up about this. Last night it was extremely frustrating and I was very mad about it. But ultimately, this is what I talked about in the preseason when I talked about the potential for the wheels kind of falling off. The Sixers have now played four teams, two bad teams, one absolutely horrible team in the Oklahoma City Thunder, one very bad team in the Pelicans without Zion Williamson, and they have now looked like a disaster against the Knicks for the second quarter, a disaster against the Nets for the fourth quarter. And as much as people love the shit on Ben Simmons, and I've made my jokes here and there, he obviously is a valuable regular season player. The Knicks pick and roll would not have destroyed the Sixers last night if Ben Simmons was playing. They probably would have been able to get in transition a little bit more and get some easy buckets, as I've mentioned time and time again. Regardless of how I feel about Ben Simmons on a championship team, he is a valuable player. And Daryl Morey knows that, which is why he doesn't want to trade him for just anyone. So this weird shit with people on one side saying that Ben has absolutely no value and is a net neutral player. And obviously that was a joke that we we make later in the podcast. But it, he obviously has some value and some impact during the regular season. He's been the Sixers' second-best player for a few years now. You know, him and Tobias Harris went back and forth. Him and Jimmy Butler went back and forth. But overall, in the regular season, he is an impactful – he's a winning player, and he's proven it time and time again. I I don't think that anyone expected the Sixers to be this great team without him. But the weird shit that I'm seeing today, the victory lap shit from the Ben Simmons crew of, like, he's the best player ever – Dude, first off, he's a fucking max player in the NBA who's made an all-NBA, made three all-star teams. Of course losing him is going to hurt the team during the regular season when you replace him with no one. The argument from the other side has been that he limits your ceiling if you want to win a championship and you need to replace him with a perimeter creator that can get you to that next level. And I still stand by that opinion. This doesn't change anything. This is a fucking joke that people are doing these victory laps this morning. Ben Simmons is a good NBA player. No one would doubt that. The fact is, is that he's not good enough to help you win a championship as your second best player. And he will never be. Let's just get over that. So that that's my whole thing about today. I don't understand why we played in beat. It makes no fucking sense. He's pushing through this knee injury that he, he banged his knee last week. And now 
he's still hurting a week later. And the team doesn't even seem to be pushing back against the fact that he wants to play through this injury. He clearly was not himself last night. He got absolutely owned by Mitchell Robinson, who's a very good defender, but has no business guarding Joel Embiid in the way that he did. The Maxi experiment at point guard, it doesn't make any sense to me why they're starting him still. I've said before, I think that starting Maxi made sense when Shake Milton was the other option. Obviously, we've now got to the point where Maxi is the starting point guard on the team, but he's not being used in the role that, like he should. He's not like he has not been nearly as successful as you would expect him to be. They're moving him off the ball a ton. They're using him as a floor spacer. His defense is not quite there yet. His shot is not quite there yet. And you'd be better off using him in a six-man role and starting either Furkan Korkmaz or, honestly, Isaiah Joe, even though Isaiah Joe has been very disappointing so far to start this season, too. But my whole thing is, like, if you're going to start Maxi, you're going to play Embiid through all these fucking injuries and then you're going to get absolutely destroyed. Why are they? Why is Embiid still playing in the end of the game? Why is he on the court when you're down 20 with three minutes left? What what the fuck is going on, dude? I don't understand what the rationale is from Embiid and the Sixers and from Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey, but someone needs to intervene here. He better not play against the Pistons because, like, they sh- first off, they should be able to beat the Pistons even without Joel Embiid. And second off, like, why are we risking this on in October? It's October 27th today. Joel Embiid should not be pushing through any sort of injury because if somehow they pull off a trade where they can move Ben Simmons, or even if they get to the playoffs, you need Joel Embiid healthy if you want any shot. So none of this makes any fucking sense to me, what they're doing so far. And as I, I, it's funny because I always say, I don't really let regular season games get to me. I said at the beginning of this, I don't let it get to me. But it's just frustrating because I feel like I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't understand what the front office is thinking, what the coaching staff is thinking, what Embiid is thinking. Dude, these games don't matter ultimately. Like, if you want a shot at a championship, Joel Embiid needs to be the healthiest that he can be. And the regular season is for giving him rest and figuring shit out as you go. You've got Andre Drummond, who he had a bad game last night, but, like, he's a fine – he can fill in for games. He can be your starting center on some nights, and we haven't even seen that yet. So I, I'm i just ultimately frustrated with the team overall. Um, I said before the game, once the three-point shooting regresses, this team doesn't get to the line enough. They don't get to the rim enough. Uh, obviously, you know, Maxi got there a few more times last night, but his finishing wasn't quite as good. He was not able to finish you know, uh, amongst the trees with the big men down there. He's not quite there yet as a player. He, I think he would be more effective coming off the bench as a six man at this point. And I just think that there isn't really any sort of plan. They're, they don't seem prepared for a lot of games. They don't seem like they really have any sort of in-game adjustments. It just overall, it's been frustrating, even though it's a two and two start. And I said I could see the wheels coming off this thing. I think they'll ultimately be fine. But, like, what are we what are we doing? Like, it, it just, once again, does not make any sense to me. And I just had to get some things off my chest. This is a total rant. And this is the first time that I've done this kind of solo. But it, it just, none of it makes any sense to me. And I want some answers. If you're not going to trade Ben Simmons, is he ever going to fucking play for the team again? And if he isn't going to play for the team again, then just let him go sit at home. 
and try to wait until December 15th so you can trade him or until a star comes on the market and you can overpay and send a bunch of shit with him. Because at this point, Daryl Morey, like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing either, dude. Like, it, this is this is getting ridiculous. We're now almost six months after he's made his trade request and nothing has been moved. And the fans are going to be on your ass soon if you don't figure out something. And I know that you want to try to preserve this championship window, but like it's it's getting to the point where you're going to kill and beat in the process, and that ends your championship window. So sorry if this was a little bit long-winded. Sorry if this was un, an unnecessary rant, if I was contradicting myself as I constantly do in this podcast. But I just feel like I had to get some things off my chest. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> after that, enjoyed this episode. We had a lot of fun recording. This is a, this is kind of a long one. Me and Nihilus Bucks tend to go on long because we kind of go in tangents and we rant and, you know, we just tried to have fun with it and have some absurd over the top reactions to the first week of NBA basketball, which already some of them have already aged poorly. I said that Kemba was washed at one point uh, in passing and then he comes out and he, he destroys the Sixers last night. So enjoy the episode. Join the Discord. I'm sure you, most of you already have. I mean, we're over 100 already, uh, so that's great. And then make donations in Square if you can. I would really appreciate that as I'm not working right now. So any donations are 100% appreciated as I'm able to focus more on the pod and just popping out content. Uh, I will be hopefully churning out more of these episodes over the next three weeks. And uh, I will be. I don't know why I said hopefully. I will be churning out more stuff over the next three weeks. And five-star reviews. We're at 68 right now on Apple Podcasts, which get it to that nice number. One more, baby. Give me that nice number, and we will uh, we will keep churning on here, folks, at the You Know Ball podcast. So <laughs> this is almost 10 minutes now. It's getting absurd. But enjoy the episode, and uh, thank you so much for your support. We work to work. You like to work. I holla in the Senate. You know my pride was colder than Chicago in December My bitch came up and ankle with her mama was her daddy And when I'm in the Midwest, she say holla at your family My dog paid me that cup, taste like candy My dog out laying them low, ain't breaking no laws, I serve no rock What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. And for the second time, this guest is returning. Uh, I had to have him back onto the podcast due to popular demand and also due to the fact that he is literally Nostradamus now. We have Nihilus Bucks on the podcast who, if you haven't been following him on Twitter, which you absolutely should, he has been digging up some of his old tweets and takes and specifically one from i believe it was 2019 right yeah july 4th 2019 <laughs> or something like it, tw july 2019 at minimum so it was around the time that he that russell westbrook was traded for chris paul probably before this one paul george signed with the clippers i'm guessing yeah probably and you you basically tweeted that Russell Westbrook was going to go to the Lakers and destroy the Lakers, which <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was laughing maniacally about Russell Westbrook destroying the Lakers, <laughs> which segues beautifully into our first conversation and take this episode. We're going to basically just be riffing and, and saying our insane overreactions to the first seven days, first week of NBA basketball, which 
the, the premise of this is that, yes, they will be absurd, but deep down, I feel like I really believe these things. And I feel like I we just have to kind of get a few off our chests. So let's start with the Lakers. I know you have some Lakers takes. I have some Lakers takes. Why don't you start with yours? Russell Westbrook is not a top 40 point guard in the NBA. <laughs> 40? <laughs> Are there 40 point guards in the NBA? I considered it this way. Uh, Patty Mills doesn't start. He's better than Russell Westbrook. Monte Morris doesn't start. He's better than Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Is George Hill? George Hill's better than Russell Westbrook. He's not washed anymore. Conveniently, once you get out of Philly, you play basketball again well. Well, that's usually how it happens, isn't it? Um, Okay. In reality, top 40? Ish Smith is doing things in the NBA again. You cannot tell me that Russell Westbrook is a top 40 point guard in the NBA. Well, let's think about some starting point guards that you could argue that Russell Westbrook is better than. Is Killian Hayes starting for the Detroit Pistons? Uh, At the moment, uh, yeah. But, oh, we'll get into that. I have some some Pistons takes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what people people came for is the Pistons. Um, I'm trying to think. Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy's better than Russell Westbrook. Josh Giddy. <laughs> jo- Josh Giddy is is just starting Dune. He's also doing. He's also Luca. It's amazing. He's Ozzy Luca while also co-starring in Dune, and looks like a member of One Direction at the same time. It's amazing. He's doing. Yeah, no, no, he, he's not One Direction. He's literally Timothy Chalamet. You cannot convince me they're not the same person moving quickly. Yeah, no, they definitely have a, a similar resemblance for sure. That's. I, I, I say this as I just watched Giddy actually have a good game against the Sixers like two nights ago. He struggled in his first few games. But and your announcer uh, was like, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about Josh Giddy. It's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> well, if you follow the Sixers, Allah saying that is not surprising to you at all. He is 100% a homer, 100% a boomer. That is whole thing about him not caring about Josh Giddy. It's so funny because when everyone was freaking out about it, like, I, of course, in my mind, I said, you can't say that, Allah. Like, you can't go on the air and say you don't care if a player fucking dies on the court, basically. But at the same time, it's not even, like, one of the spiciest. Like, Allah is just the king boomer, dude. Like, he, he'll he say shit like that pretty regularly. And now he doesn't have our – we have Kate Scott – as our play-by-play person, so he doesn't have zoom off there. So I feel like he's just kind of letting shit fly, and and, and I, I don't I don't even really think I, I I was surprised that that was a controversy in itself. But back to the Lakers. Um. Okay. So They're really shaping up to be a really nice play-in team. <laughs> I had my, my I thought my take wasn't even that hot of a take, but my take was the Lakers are in no way contenders. Not even like. Like there's n- there's nothing about this team that screams contender. The Clippers are better than the Lakers without Kawhi. Uh, that might be a bit much. Paul George they- is pl- Paul George is Russell we- or uh, LeBron plus Anthony Davis by himself right now. Like, <laughs> we're ins- this is insane overreactions. Don't get come with me with logic and reason. <laughs> well, let's talk ourselves down a little bit. LeBron has not looked like LeBron to start the season, and I said this before. It's it's not even that I I doubt LeBron the player because someone said to me I'd rather be on the other side of it where I. I basically say LeBron is good 
until he's not good anymore. Like with the Tom Brady thing where like Didn't, four years you, wasn't this you and I having this exact discussion in the discord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we've had this conversation. Oh, maybe it was you actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It literally was us. So there you go. We were talking about this. But basically, it's like you don't want to be on the wrong side of doubting one of the greatest players of all time. And what I said was I have no – it's not even LeBron the player or LeBron the human being. It's LeBron the GM that I'm concerned about. Like the Russell Westbrook thing is – it's never going to work. My Okay. Also, the uh, Jeannie Buss, uh, small business owner – it's really unfortunate that she, uh, she's a small business owner and just didn't have the capital to keep Alex Caruso because he is exactly what they need right now. Yep. Uh, and also, he's better than Russell Westbrook. Put it on the board. <laughs> That's not even a hot take. That's not even a hot take. I mean, if did you, you can see my thre- did you see my tweet where I was having people to name a guard you could put on the Lakers instead of Russell Westbrook and improve the team? The people, the names people were throwing out there. <laughs> Austin, Austin Rivers, Austin Rivers, baby, starting point guard of a playoff team, Austin Rivers. <laughs> no, I, I, I do think you could make the argument that if they were to keep Caruso and do nothing else, that they would be better because the thing is, is that, you know, obviously all time speaking, Russell Westbrook is a better player than Alex Caruso for what? Uh, the Lakers, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for what, for what the Lakers need right now, which is essentially someone who will play scrappy point of attack defense, sh- shoot open threes, attack closeouts. Then yeah, Alex Caruso is better for that team. I mean, I don't. I I think Alex Caruso is easier to fit into a championship team than Buddy Heald, and I would have taken Buddy Heald over Westbrook twenty times out of twenty. Yeah, I mean, when you have theoretically, your point guard is always just going to be LeBron, so you just want spot up shooters and like a secondary ball handler at, at worst for your like your point guard position. And Russell Westbrook's not even capable of being the secondary ball handler right now, so I don't know like. It was so funny watching that. Did you watch the Suns Lakers game, which I only caught yeah. the sick? Yeah, the implosion was amazing. Like, as soon as they got down 20, I'm like, oh, baby, here comes Russell Westbrook hours. And he just starts <laughs> sprinting down the court and throwing up the most beautiful bricks you could ever see. It's like when the field goal post or the ball hits the field goal post and it's the loudest sound in the world. That's what Russell Westbrook shots all sounded like in the quiet ass Staples Center. It was beautiful. You know, what's really funny is that I I said this before. It's basically like, dude, everyone's like, well, if Westbrook just does this and Westbrook just does that. And like Zach Lowe's big thing has been setting ball screens, which he did like five times in the last game or something. And it was like the most he's ever done it in his career. And I'm like. We can talk about all this stuff about optimizing Russell Westbrook and making the team, you know, splitting up LeBron and Westbrook and this, that. Russell Westbrook is a 32-year-old man. He is not changing. He has never changed. He is going to just keep doing what he does, which is exactly what you're describing right now, which is shooting you out of games with clanks heard fucking across the country. So I I just don't see how – and of course – not everyone on the Lakers is healthy right now. Not everyone is like integrated. Like they, they haven't all played all that much together. Obviously the, they fucking turn over their roster every single year and bring in 30 guys in their mid thirties on veterans minimum deals. Okay. But I know, I know you're claiming they're not healthy, but like their big three is there and they're what one and three or two. Yeah. 
It's just like they're one yeah, and two, I think. Yeah, yeah but they should have lost that Grizzlies game. The Grizzlies should almost yeah. came back. The refs were trying to literally make, win the game for the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, so it's just if your big three is healthy and you're losing to like middle, I mean, the Suns, fine. Like you should probably keep it not embarrassing, but if with your big three in and your big three being like a negative 60 while on the court and Austin Reeves, I think that white dude who everyone started yelling about was the best player on the court for the Lakers. Oh yeah. Austin Reeves is a bucket and a problem, dude. Yes. If you don't know about him. <laughs> Undrafted I, rookie free agent. He's, I thought yeah. he was the Max McClung guy at for whatever that other like <laughs> other guy that was on the no. Lakers who was white and obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> now you're now you're speaking my language. Mac McClung, baby, the mixtape king. He was a YouTube he was a he was a YouTuber when he was like fourteen. Uh all, also a total bucket and a problem. Not an NBA player at all, but a bucket and a problem for sure. Um yeah, no, uh, it's definitely they're definitely desperate, I, and that that was another thing people were talking about how how impressed they were by Austin Reeves, and I'm like, wow, it's really gotten that bad that you're impressed by this undrafted rookie free agent that they brought in because he has the ability to just pass a ball and like try to play defense. I, I don't know open shots, which well, that's the thing is they I, I was listening to Sam Vecini's podcast and they were talking about how. Reeves isn't really a great shooter. Like he, he shot like 29% in, in uh, college, like from three, but he's white. So teams will just guard him. <laughs> like they're like, Oh, there's the white guy. He's the shooter. Cover that guy. Make sure that he, he can't stay open, but okay. I'm going to ask you a question going back. I'm oh, sorry. Keep going. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. How many Kings point guards would you take before Russell Westbrook? All I'm three at, I'll take exactly, and you're you're yeah. saying <laughs> forty. I'm saying he's not tough. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna take Davion Mitchell say- for a contender. <laughs> yeah, I would Luka's take Davion or Russell Westbrook. <laughs> okay, to be fair about Davion Mitchell, he's like already thirty, so he can he's in his, the prime of his career already. He, he's he's I got, fucking. I got takes about players over thirties <laughs> when we get to the Pacers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's the first I, time I anyone's ever said they have Pacers takes ever. I was gonna say I, when you texted me that I fell asleep because it was so boring. You said that you had takes on the Pacers, um, but all right. So Lakers, as I think as the season goes on, they'll figure out some shit. LeBron still that like LeBron is taking more threes than I think I've ever seen him take because their spacing is just a disaster. AD move to the five, dude, move to the five. And I see people being like making excuses for him and being like, well, he doesn't want to like, you know, bang in the post, whatever. I'm like, they need him to play the five because otherwise there's not enough shooting. There's not enough spacing for LeBron to do what he needs to do. And there definitely is not enough for, for Russ to be effective literally at all. Cause the man cannot shoot a fucking basketball. And like you said, he's a uh, worse version of Ben Simmons with the mob mentality. Yeah, but uh, Russell Westbrook is Ben Simmons with the Mamba mentality. Yes, who's also worse at basketball, just overall. <laughs> um, that's one of my takes. Uh, no. Uh, okay, so Anthony, Anthony Davis the- is Anthony yes. Davis a top twenty player right now? Yes, top twenty. Uh, when uh, Giannis can put up average forty against the Phoenix Suns, and Anthony Davis can put up what like ten points. It well, just unable to score, unable to score in the paint. 
And Giannis, I think AD. I think AD has become overrated. I think he's a top twenty player. Chris Middleton or Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis. No. <laughs> okay, a little bit of bias from your end. Like I, I would argue he's definitely not a. I, he's not one of the top two. Like if you consider him a center, he's not a top two center. And if you consider him a power forward, he's not a top two power forward. Well, yeah, because Giannis is better at him at both positions, so he can't be top two at either. <laughs> yeah, right. If he wants to do both, Giannis is better at power forward and center. Jokic is better. Embiid is better. The the thing about AD, and I think that he's a top twelve player, a top no. third. Who who in that top twelve to fifteen range would you say is better than him? Oh God, you're gonna put me on the spot now. I gotta like get a list. Well, think about it. Like Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you earnestly believe that Chris Middleton is better than Anthony Davis, we can just move on. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I I just don't see it with it. A- Anthony Davis can have to actually like try to give a shit at some point because he's played like ass for a year and a half ever since the bubble, and no one's really called him on it because he's playing like ass. <laughs> also. Anthony Davis is not a shooter. I don't know why people people just because he shot well in an open gym. Right, no one was there. He shot sixty percent on long twos for a month, and everyone's like, "Is this the best shooting center we've ever seen in our life?" Yeah, he uh, doesn't even play center. He's you want to hear a fun fact? Who's a better shooter by percentage, uh, Giannis or Anthony Davis? I believe it is Giannis, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, he's a better three point shooter on his career, right? Yeah, and this is also before Giannis just started making every shot ever that he started doing this preseason. <laughs> yeah, he's so got, he's got the Dirk fadeaway. It's a, <laughs> it's so and he's like eighty percent for the line now. Giannis not, is hilarious. We're, we're not talking bucks this whole time. I've literally refused to talk about. <laughs> I'm gonna get angry. <laughs> no more propaganda. Uh, this is a Sixer podcast. Okay, trust the podcast, as you said. All right. Um. So Anthony Davis is a top twenty player. That's <laughs> Russell, you said hot takes. You said hot takes. Russell Westbrook isn't a top forty point guard. The Lakers are a play-in team. I honestly, I wouldn't be. I, I think they'll be better, slightly better than a play-in team, just because I think that they'll figure out some way to survive in the regular season. It's the playoffs that always worried me about this team, and I just, I think that they could easily lose in the first round again. Yeah, and obviously it all depends who they get. Like, if they end up in, like, a 3-6 with the Mavericks, they're going to walk to the second round because Jason Kidd is a war criminal. (laughs) Yes, Jason Kidd for prison. We agree. We're going to make bumper stickers. Uh, Yeah, no, he's he's the absolute worst. Um, Okay, so do you have any more takes before we move off the Lakers? It's been 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know how you expected a podcast with you and I on it to go short. So anyway, (laughs) I have no more Lakers takes. Okay. We're off the Lakers. We're off the Lakers at their top, the 45th best point guard in the NBA, (laughs) Russell Westbrook. Um, Okay. I have top five. (laughs) Top five. What? player in the NBA. <laughs> Honestly, right now, do you think LeBron is the top five player in the NBA? Because I don't know if he is. If he is, he's five. Right. Like, Jokic, four, maybe. Giannis, KD, Steph. Like, I think that, like, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) I had someone text me LaMelo's a top 10 player yesterday. I was like, all right, I love LaMelo. I think he's going to be a top 10 player within a year or two. 
Two years, probably. But hey, he's the leader of the one seed in the East right now. He's got to have an MVP locked. <laughs> no, the Bulls are the one seed, dude. Oh, yeah. Zach- they, they're, they're both undefeated. One's 4 0, one's 3 0. Exactly. No, the Hornets lost to the Celtics in overtime last night. Oh, yeah, shit. So, yeah. Uh, but they don't play any defense. It's just a lot of fun to watch the Hornets. They're incredibly fun because they I don't, don't understand how people try. hate the, I don't understand how people hate the Hornets announcers. I used to. And then I got I got Eric Collins pilled. The dude just oh my goodness with the Bismack Biombo shoots a three is the funniest <laughs> video in like, the NBA. Yeah, he. I mean, I I appreciate the fact that he sounds like he's having an orgasm every time that he speaks. But it's it's basically like the thing that I didn't like about it because I didn't watch a ton of Hornets games until like the end of last year. And the thing is, is that when you just see the clips all the time, it got really annoying. But then when I started watching the games, he he picks his spots where he goes in like legitimately insane and loses his mind. He's not doing it the entire game. And I'm like, okay, this is this is fine. And also, like, I don't know, I I feel like we've been kind of spoiled with our broadcast booth here for a while. We've always had a really good one. Uh, You know, obviously, we talked about Allah wishing death on other players and stuff earlier. So it's it's always entertaining here in Philadelphia. But I have a a take that I would like to move on to uh, since we're now on 18 minutes since we started talking about the fucking Lakers. Okay, really fun to make fun of anyway. They are, and it actually has to do with the team that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander will not be on the Oklahoma City Thunder next year. Ooh, that would probably, well, as owner of several uh, expensive Shea Gilgis-Alexander rookie cards, I would prefer this. Right. Uh, I was going to have my take was Shea's going to make an all-star team for like the worst team in the league this year, but uh, just because everyone feels bad for him more than anything. <laughs> a pity one, like when they give it to Dirk. Not as like- Mike Con- oh, no, Dirk deserved to get appointed to the team. Like when they appointed Mike Conley as the sad one. When they- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was that was a total pity one. Someone said before the season that uh, Tobias could possibly be on there, but SGA would probably be the better pity one because he's actually really, really good. Shea is so – like everyone agrees Shea is too good to win most improved. So it's like, yeah, he, he should be an all-star. Now his team is garbage and is if he gets like a hangnail, he's not going to be able to play for four months. So I don't know like <laughs> – Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the, 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 Presti is literally just fucking – waiting for his moment to absolutely tank. I mean, they're they're tanking with him on the team. This is the reason why I brought this up. I watched the game the other night. When they ran the offense through Shea, it was great. He was destroying the Sixers. Not, not that we have the best perimeter defenders right now, but with even Thibel, he was just giving him hell the whole game. He was destroying Maxi, who had no chance. And then... I'm just watching this and I'm like, this guy's way too good for whatever this fucking Ponzi scheme that Presti's doing right now, where he literally just like fucking sta- like, and I under it's similar to the process for sure. But the difference be- to me between the process and uh, Oklahoma city is that the, is that Presti is just so blatant with it. Like, it's like the thing that we talked about, like scratching Shea at the end of last year, building literally the most or uncompetitive team he, he possibly could, tons of redundant skill sets, the youngest team in the league by a fucking mile. If you took Derek Favors, the the oldest 30-year-old of all time, off that team, 
you would literally have no one over the age of like 25, I think. And I think that eventually it's going to get to the point with this Presti thing where like Shea's going to, I mean, he, he's, his max extension kicks in next year, which is five years, but he, of course he was going to get his fucking money. Like he's not stupid. Yeah. So he, he gets his money. And I think next off season, he either requests a trade or they come to some sort of mutual agreement and the thing is, I only see Presti moving off of that for either an elite prospect, moving off Shea for an elite prospect, or for a top pick in the draft. So I think that Shea will be traded in either some sort of three-team trade, or he will be traded for like a top three pick in the next draft. Okay, hear me out. He gets traded to the Kings, and they run four guards. Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> my t- gets- my. T- my take is we convince and psyop uh, Sam Presti to trade Lou Dort to a contender. I mean, if he didn't have the most fucking uh, student loan scam contract in the fucking league, he's getting paid like what, like one point eight million dollars, one point seven for the next two years. Crazy. He probably, but that's the thing. Okay, so my thing is that the point of this whole Presti thing has been to get superstars. And, and I think that Shea has potential to be a superstar. Like, he's a legit three-level scorer. He's improved every single year. He's still only 23. But the other part of that <laughs> – the other uh, part of that is that um, he needs to have his prime lined up with other stars. So unless – Presti starts doing these consolidation trades where he's trading every fucking pick that he's hoarded for the past two or three seasons and flipping it to another team, then what, then how are they going to acquire that second or third star? And I think you're already on or something. They think they've laid the groundwork by trading, uh, getting giddy mm-hmm. because giddy's also a point guard and is younger and is like, you know, already showing some flashes where it seems like they're going to be like, well, we already got a one point guard. No, might as well. Like, I don't know, but yeah, pivot over here. <laughs> but it's just like, are they going to go in for like Chet or are they like, uh, who's the guy two years from now? Who's like the greatest Victor, prospect ever. Vicar Webanyama. Yeah. I don't know if they're fully pilled on him or what, but. Um, yeah. I mean, that, I, I think they might have a prospect in mind, but the thing is, is, and, and people have brought this up. The second that that pick converts, if you, unless you have the pick, no one's trading that pick. It would be like trading Giannis or it would be like trading KD or like, like you're not doing that in 2023. Like if you have the number one pick, unless it's some freak thing where like the warriors get it again, somehow they get like a top two pick or something. There's not – once the pick converts, they're not trading it. So the SGA thing is the only thing I can think of that would be able to get them into those top two or three picks well, in the I next mean, if two you, years. Yeah. If you believe the rumors, they offered – well, I don't think it's rumors. I think it was actually officially confirmed to me they offered Shea and six for three and didn't get it. Yeah, Shea and six for three to get Mobley, right? Yes. Yeah, so Shea and six for three to get my the. From what I understand, and this is this is just speculation. I I was not confirmed to me. This is the the rumor was that, and then the Sixers were going to try to get involved and get Ben Simmons, and then have Shea flip to us. The Cavs would get six in Ben Simmons. The Sixers would get Shea, and Joel and Bead's brother posted something about Shea Gilgis Alexander going to the Sixers a r- the week that this rumor was out there. 
So everyone was like, oh, holy shit, this might be real. And then fell apart. Obviously, the Cavs take Mobley. He looks like a fucking stud and, you know, whatever. But the reality right now is that even if if six and Shea Gilgis Alexander can't get you the third pick in the draft, then like I don't know what will like this. I think that the like if there's an opportunity to get a top three pick next year and Shea absolutely shows out this year that they could do it. And then they just go with their like 18 to 21 core, whatever. It's ridiculous. It's all so fucking ridiculous. It's money laundering, except it's pick laundering. Like it is. It's all fake. Like it's absurd. Like how it's going to keep going on. Like, yeah, you look at like, if you try to pull up the trade machine, it is so funny. You look at the roster. It's like, what the hell? Like you can send them any player and it's fine. Like, right. Like it's, it's insane what they're doing right now. And, and what you said about them drafting Giddy. Well, they also drafted Trey Mann, who's like a combo guard, but pretty much a point guard. Like, I mean, he can play shooting guard, but like they're definitely setting themselves up to be able to pivot if they need to. Like, like they don't, like, I don't know what their plan is, but I would be shocked if Shea's on the team in a year, maybe two years. Maybe they try to make it work. But unless they trade all those picks and get good immediately, which seems like an impossible task with that fucking roster of just absolute projects, I, I don't see it happening. But all right. Do you have any other uh, spicy takes you need to get off? Uh, the thunder? No, I don't have any. Thunder no, no, takes. no, you don't. It's, no one has thunder takes. That was the that's the only one. Uh, I guess I will move on. So this I don't think we'll spend uh, another eight minutes on this team. Uh, my take is that the Pacers are legally required by the NBA to be somewhere between the five and the ten seed. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, you, you you can go, go no higher than five, but no lower than ten. Yes, there. It's that explain to me otherwise why they take Chris Duarte and then hire Rick Carlisle. It is this. They just make the safest moves imaginable. I said this the other day. They have a team of or no, I'm sorry. Someone said this on Twitter and then I just they were basically saying, why aren't the Pacers better? They always think about that every year. And they were like, oh, it's because like their four or five best players are all like the same tier as like Tobias Harris, which is like. They're a team of Tobias Harris's essentially like they're not quite good enough, but they're not quite bad enough to like get you out of that purgatory of the five to ten range. It's per- it's perfect. Yeah. Malcolm Brogdon is the definition of purgatory. Yeah, I know. I know you were going to fucking slander him somehow. You're going to figure out a way to fucking slander Malcolm Brogdon on the podcast. He scored the most points he's ever had against the Bucks, uh, and it was 20. Or twenty three, maybe. He, he, other, every other game again. <laughs> I thought you meant like, that was his career high. I'm like, no. what dude? He averages twenty a game. Uh, no, against the Bucks, he averages eleven points because we just bully him into submission because he's you know Malcolm Brogdon, and we know that if you get within a foot of him, he can't get a shot off. So, because uh, he's got the he's got the release of the sloth from Zootopia. It's the slowest release <laughs> in the NBA. Uh, yeah, for watching Chris Duarte, I get it, but also he's like 80, so I he better look decent, right? That's what I was saying. Like, everyone's freaking out about Chris Duarte, and I'm like, is he, like, allowed to win Rookie of the Year? Because I feel like this is kind of a scam. How can a 24-year-old tw- win Rookie of the Year when we have, like, a 19-year-old in Mobley doing oh, what he's okay. doing? Uh, okay, speak, uh, speaking of a guy we just talked about, about a 24-year-old winning Rookie of the Year... Uh, Malcolm Brogdon did win rookie of the year. So. Was he 24? Yes. I thought he was 23. Wow. God damn. He was old as shit when he came in the league. He was older than, ya- he's older than Giannis. Like, 
How did that happen? Uh, he's a sec. He was a four-year player at Virginia. I don't know. He was re- old as shit. I was gonna say four years. Even even if you did four or five years of college, how are you twenty-four? That the Duarte thing at least makes sense to me because he like went to junior college and then he transferred yeah. and he did did all that stuff. I have no idea how Malcolm Brogdon was twenty-four. Malcolm Brogdon is twenty-eight now. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was five years ago. He was drafted though. And he turns 29 this year, by the way. It's he's Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, he's basically the same. He's I think he's a year younger than Chris Middleton. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's the same age as Tobias Harris. And Tobias Harris came in the league five years before him. Yeah, Chris was also 2012. So, um, yeah. But yeah, that was my take that the Pacers have some sort of agreement where they're not allowed to tank and they're not allowed <laughs> to succeed. They're, I don't. I don't understand what the like the Ben they made sense so much sense for Ben because it but but then again Ben is going to keep you in that range too so I don't really know what I guess it would just be at least you have a shot at getting the four seed maybe also in a in a game where so the two player the Pacers two best maybe top two of the top three players are Miles Turner and Demontis Bonus depending on how you feel about Brogdon it's either the top two or three or top two anyway. Uh, yeah, so the points in the paint last night, the Bucks had no big men besides Giannis and uh, and Mamu, and uh, the points in the paint advantage was like something like fifty six to twenty two for the Bucks. Uh, oh wow! The so basically Sabonis could only do anything when uh, Sandro was in the game, and then we put Thanasis on him, and he couldn't do anything. Oof. I just I just want to say that I don't have a take. It's just like, good Lord, man. Like I jokingly tweeted, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we need to put Thanasis back on Sabonis. And then they did it and it worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, there has to be some sort of league intervention uh, with these rural teams that are just stuck in either pick purgatory in tanking, terrible trash purgatory or in this purgatory of uh, we're never good enough to actually win even two playoff series, one playoff series, or when was the last time they won a playoff series? Uh, it was Paul, it was it had they had to have won Paul one George, after Paul George, right? Or was it just after? No, I don't think so. I think the Ola, the Ola Depot year they they was the last time I remember them like, and they pushed LeBron's Cavs to seven, but they didn't win that series. Yeah, and then oh yeah, because Nate McMillan kept losing in the first round, and then then they hired yep. the the biggest asshole apparently ever. And yeah. then, <laughs> oh, you mean Nick Nurse's friend? Yes, Nick Nurse's friend, uh, future ex coach Nick Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Nick Nurse, like as an asshole. Um, so. It's uh, somehow I don't know what the fuck the Pacers. Well, I I would say I don't know what the fuck the Pacers did to have all these injury concerns, but they trade for the most injury prone players in the entire NBA. Like they signed Malcolm Brogdon, they traded for Karis Levert, and then when it, the playoffs come around and no one's healthy, they're like, "What do we? What do we do?" Yeah, and I, yeah, and then they fire their coach, who then proceeds to go make the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> Great. Yeah, we're doing we're doing well over in uh, Indiana. Although Rick Carlisle is a good coach, like I don't know if he's if he's washed or if it's just like I don't know. We'll we'll see. there's he's be- obviously better than Jason Kidd, a major fucking upgrade over Jason Kidd. Right. Um, but but like you said, like what's the point of hiring that guy unless you either want to try to go win a title or like 
what I don't know. That's this was, is where the this is where the Sixers were before, and I just that's why I supported the process because it was the most painful years of basketball in my life. And we're back there now again, but at least we have a top two or three seed in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, so I was full Rick Carlisle piled uh, pilled. I should uh, yeah, Carlisle piled. Uh, <laughs> I was full Carlisle pilled that if we lost, that just. Even if we had beat, lost the Hawks series or if we'd lost the Nets, it was fire, but an immediately higher Carlisle. Like, that was, sounded like that was what was going to happen. Yeah, obviously, I'm now full team extend Bud forever. He can coach his team for all I care. Forever. I don't care. Um, Championships change everything. Correct. Uh, banners fly forever, baby. Uh, transitioning to my uh, a take, because a guy we were just talking about, I guess, because I don't think you have any more Pacers takes, do you? No, I've, I've never had a Pacers take <laughs> in my life, dude. I've never cared about the Pacers. Even when we had to talk about the Pacers on the podcast, I was napping halfway through when I had when I had to do it when we were talking about the fucking Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert rumors around Ben Simmons. I don't ever so, think think about the Pacers. Yeah. So uh, my it's the only hesitation I have is he's a legend with the franchise and likely friends with Cuban. But my take is Jason Kidd doesn't make it through the year. Ooh. So you think he's like halfway through the year, maybe towards the end of the season, similar to like yeah. what happened with Lloyd Pierce last year? Yeah, uh, let's. Uh, Luca has five touches in the paint through four games. <sighs> That's cr- no. He is no. running. He is running Luca off ball with Dorian Finney-Smith running the offense. He is posting up Porzingis. Oh, trust me, uh, the Bucks fans are well encroached on watching the Mavs fail from the outside and enjoying it for ourselves. Hold on, five. Paint touches or five shots at the rim? I think five shots at the rim. I should okay, say. That, that even that is – for Luka Doncic, like Luka should be getting to the rim easy ten times a game. Like he's but fucking Luka Doncic. I'm pulling up the stats in our group chat. Hold on because we're all laughing about it. No, I know he, the, the restricted area one where he said that he had yeah. – if he had – I was going to say if he had five paint touches, I would say fire him today because that is horrific. Um, But – yeah, I mean, he's a bozo. He has no fucking idea what he's doing. We said, I said on the podcast, I didn't have a pick for my long shot for the coach of the year. So I said it would be the funniest outcome if he won, but only because Luca's so good that it might not matter, but it does matter. He's fucking horrible and he has no idea what he's doing. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, he's a war criminal along with all the other horrible things that he is. Yes, uh, it's just bad person, bad b- bad coach. He was only good as a player. Eh, no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's my new bit. I'm just gonna hate everyone besides Milwaukee Bucks players. Would you say Jason Kidd's a top forty point guard of all time? <laughs> uh, if would you rather have Jason Kidd as your starting point guard or your head coach today? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, well, the Sixers. He would probably be the best Sixers point guard in like a decade, <laughs> right now. <laughs> Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired. Like you said, the Finney, like, uh, Porzingis had more shots per 100 possessions than Luca. Yeah. Uh, I kept w- expecting uh, Porzingis to be dumped to the Thunder at any point now. Yeah. And it, ha- especially since Luca hates him. My- when are we going to start talking about, like, Luke, like, if Dirk wasn't a Maverick and it was basically there to like guide Luca uh, or mentor Luca for a year, 
when would we talk about Luca getting out of that horrible situation? Because it seems like everyone's just accepted he's the new Dirk and is going to stay there forever. I don't think so, dude. I said this the other day. I, I think that he has – I think that the Mavs have botched the Luca situation possibly worse than – like, if he, it's not good to be a Sixers fan right now, obviously. It's worse to be a fucking Mavs fan. The, like you said, Porzingis and Luca fucking hate each other. They just had a major coaching downgrade to a person who – when he left the Bucks, all they did was add Brooke Lopez and they became championship contenders because he was such a bad coach. On top of that, you have the fact that they just had a fucking the gambling guy uh, from Bill Simmons podcast, Horrorblob, uh Bob Vulgaris, was there and was basically like, yeah, no one really knows what the fuck they're doing there. Like the front office is in shambles. Um, and then on top of that, they have no good prospects. One of the things that happened at draft night in 2020 was they traded Seth Curry for Josh Richardson and our, one of our second round picks. They turned around and they used that second round pick on a player named Tyler Bay, who is no longer with the organization. They used the pick a few picks before that to draft Tyrell Terry, who they just cut two weeks ago. So they have now tr- salary dumped Josh Richardson. They have – so they basically gave Seth Curry away for free and missed Correct. on both draft picks to try to get some sort of production in, in his place. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question, and it's okay. It doesn't have an answer, but I just wanted to – you realize it doesn't have an answer. Name a, a Mavericks draft pick that has developed since Dirk Nowitzki. It's literally just Luka. Luka doesn't count. He was already a superstar in Europe, and he's, doing, he's just doing the same stuff. It doesn't count. Oh, deve- developed. Yeah. Um <laughs> Ah, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't. Yeah, there hasn't been one. Josh, you look at Josh. No, who was the guy in the Jay Perea? Jay, Jay Perea. Yeah, I'm like, who, who, who have they drafted? That is, he wasn't uh, even drafted. He was undrafted free agent. Dorian Finney-Smith, I guess. I don't know. Like exactly. Jalen Brunson, but Jalen Brunson was really good in Villanova. Yeah. Like. He also, came in the league good. I have a take. It's not really a take, but Trey Burke is the shortest human being I've ever seen. I was first not- off, first off, how dare you? You know Trey. You know how I originally got my start was as the Trey Burke guy. Sixers signed Trey Burke. I did this for a year, and then they finally did it, and I lost my mind. And that he never played, and we got him. <laughs> He's very tiny. He's a bucket and a problem, though. All right, so on to the next one. Uh, yeah. All right, so, whew, all right. Um, so I have a few here. Uh, I, I'll just get this out of the way because it's, I, once again, like you said, you have Pistons takes. I'll just throw my Pistons take out there. I mentioned this guy earlier. Uh, Killian Hayes is a bust. He, um. Is, is it really? Okay. How do you consider bust? Because he basically his hip he did the two true true to a Tegliavoa injury. Yeah, yeah true. Not like literally the exact same hip injury, and it's yeah. just like, oh man, like <laughs> is he cooked based on that? Is it? It could be just one of those things. So I would consider injury things for like most people would consider Greg Oden a bust, and Greg Oden was just injured all the time. Like I don't think that. It's something that is necessarily in the control of the player. I feel really bad. I mean, he's like 19 still. He's like one of the youngest players in the NBA. He was incredibly young when he was drafted. I just think it's funny. The only reason – I don't think it's funny that he got injured and and like whatever. I just think it's funny that like 
this was the guy that Kevin O'Connor put his uh, like reputation on the line for and like said he was the number one prospect in the last draft over LaMelo Ball and over Anthony Edwards and all this shit. And it's just it, – it, it's basically like you said. Like it's – it might just be completely out of his hands. Also, he's in extremely young. He might be able to turn it around. But this is a hot takes podcast and he's a bust in my mind. Already. I was going to say Cade, Cade Cunningham's a bust. So <laughs> at least, uh, at least this one's a little bit more realistic. I have a different take. Uh the Pistons drafted an NFT. Cade Cunningham is an NFT. <laughs> Cade Cunningham is not real? Yeah, Cade Cunningham is a non-fungible token. <laughs> they say he's worth a lot. Everyone agrees that it should be worth a lot of money, but they can't seem to just make... like They try to explain it to people that he's worth a lot of money, but no one can see him. Like, he's an NFT. <laughs> Have you ever seen Cade Cunningham? And the answer is no. It's a lie. He's a lie. He's... Kane Cunningham is a social construct, folks. Not real. Totally made up. Absolutely no value. No, I, I, I've I, been uh, a guy that's been skeptical of Kane. I'm sure he'll be fine. I don't know. I don't sit in a dark room and watch teenagers play basketball for like 500 hours like some draft guys do. And they swear by him. So I'm, uh, I, I'm more interested in the next guy that I have a take on. Uh, I'm going to just real quick. I'm going to pull... I need to pull up the receipts because someone's like, would you rather have LaMelo Ball or the number one overall pick in this draft? And I am ready to start pulling receipts because I said, what the hell are you talking about? LaMelo Ball is already good now. Like, just take yeah. the bird in the hand, you idiots. They're like, Cade is so good. Blah, blah. It's like, no, literally LaMelo Ball is incredible now. Like, Cade could be any. It's like the mystery box. It was like, it people is. are idiots. Yeah, it's like the Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea Gilgis Alexander was the same thing. Would you rather have... Shay or the number one overall pick and they're like you don't understand Cade is this masterpiece of a prospect and I'm like sorry I'm taking LaMelo and SGA even if they even if they don't end up as good as Cade I'd feel fine with my rationale behind picking them I'm taking the sure thing because like you said like LaMelo's gonna be a top 10 player he's on that trajectory has been since he came into the fucking league dude like it's yeah bird in the hand as you said the mystery box I'm that, that that might be a hot take that you can uh you can whip out someday. I I'm I, I don't know. Maybe Cade will be amazing. Maybe I'm fucking wrong. I don't know. Um okay. Uh the next prospect. This is a this is a crowdsource take from um someone who's been on the podcast, my buddy Kevin, aka NBA Couchside. Uh he said friend of the program. He's basically said fr- friend of the pod, friend of the program. Um Evan Mobley is the closest thing that we've had to Kevin Garnett since Kevin Garnett. Uh, no, that his name was Thon Maker, sir. Uh, <laughs> Thon Maker in Game Three against the Boston Celtics in the uh, twenty seventeen playoffs. People forget that Thon was an issue and a problem. Um, he, no, no, that game he had five blocks and made four threes. It was no one cares, th- dude. No yeah, one cares. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, uh, no, literally, no one cares. Thon's in like Jerusalem or some shit now. Um, oh, glad to hear he's doing well. Uh, he joined the I- did he join the IDF? Right. Uh, uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, no, Mobley's really fucking good. Um, yeah, I mean, Mobley. Here's the thing: he he's basically was arguing that defensively, that there hasn't been someone that can move quite like Mobley can at his size since Garnett in the same way that he 
basically the way that he described it was that like he's the closest thing to Garnett that we've had since Garnett. It's not even necessarily saying he is Garnett, but I I was saying when I watched him in the preseason, I was like, this guy's fucking spectacular. I said I thought he was gonna win rookie of the year. I think he's the best player from this class, and he's already proving it. I mean, if you could go to the Cavs and make the Cavs good at 19 years old, you're a fucking stud. So I don't really have a problem with the the comparison, even though he probably won't end up one of the 20 best players of all time. Yeah, no, he's no Giannis. Enough, enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't worry. It's only getting worse, bud. All right. Do you have any any more takes that are not related to the Bucks? We'll save those for later. Yeah. Uh, so uh, by the end, uh, this is a uh, again. This is for the overreaction podcast. <laughs> Thank you for prefacing that. Yeah. Uh, Miles Bridges is going to be the better M Bridges by the end of the year. <laughs> I can see that. I don't even think that's that hot of a take. I like Mikael Bridges a lot. Uh, Mikael Bridge. I watched Mikael Bridges personally be an asshole to me for six games. Uh, he's really uh, good at basketball. He's awesome. He's really good. I mean, who would fucking know? People that are from oh, Philadelphia. You guys had him, you guys had him too. And he was on, him we watched, okay, you, not only did we have him, he went to school here. We watched yeah. him be good. And, and then you gave him away and then tried to kill his replacement. <laughs> uh, only the Sixers. Only the Sixers would try to... Physically assassinate. Uh, assass- <laughs> assassinate their draft pick. Horrible, horrible fucking shit. Oh my God. I don't want to be reminded of it. It's like every time something related, when Mike Elbridges scored all those points in game one, I think it was of the finals when he hit like all those yes. corner threes. And then when he signed his extension, I'm like, I don't need to be reminded of this every fucking two months. Like, can I just remember that like he was on the team. We had him on the team and he would be such a perfect fit with what we need around a beat. It just makes me so mad. But long story short, I don't, by the end of the year might be a hot take, but like, dude, Miles Bridges has been fucking awesome to start the season. Okay. And two things going for him that makes me want to like him more. One, he's cool as shit. Yes. Uh, And also related to number one, he's the best rapper in the NBA, which I know you don't really like his stuff, but I'm I'm just too old for his thought, his Detroit rap where you sound like you're like you sound like you you're fucking like you can't hear your own. Like, I don't understand what the point of it is. Like, I'm just old. Like, I like different shit. It's fine. You're a huge Marvin Bagley fan. Uh, well, I'm, I'm more of a Victor Oladipo guy myself, but even though he doesn't do rap, no, I, most NBA, I just think NBA rappers suck. And like, I guess that guy is the closest thing. Someone uh, uh, brought this up to me uh, who was on the podcast recently as well. Uh, Fiona Apple neck tattoo. Uh, you might know him <laughs> as the diaper guy who wore the Ben Simmons jersey yes, diaper. I, I saw the picture. Yes. Yes. He's he basically said that strong that, loose knuckle that. <laughs> He basically said that um, Miles Bridges is has this ongoing bit where he'll like his he'll get his friends to rap about how they do drugs, but they'll say that Miles Bridges doesn't do drugs. Like they'll be like, "I'm sipping lean, but Miles can't." Yeah, <laughs> it's an incredible bit. I have to give him props for the bit, even though I think the music is horrible. 
there's the, the his whatever the first music video that like hit Twitter or whatever where he's like literally like throw like counting masks like they're dollar bills. <laughs> so, <laughs> incredible prop comedy in his music videos. They're working off of uh, beats that are like the inside the NBA theme song and shit. I'm like, what is this? A, it literally to me it looks like an Eric Andre skit, like someone making fun of rap like contemporary rap music i just don't get it but if uh, a lot of people seem to like it and good for them and good for miles bridges for not doing lean uh and rapping uh but no yeah miles bridges is awesome what does he averaging like 30 points a game so far this 30 season? so like, far, yeah just eastern conference player of the week yeah uh so yeah, yeah. i have He's a awesome. second i have a second hornets take what's that a lamella ball is gonna make an all-nba team this year yes I can see that. I think so. Well, I mean, well, well, let's think about they'll probably put him at point guard because he's a point guard, obviously. But not that they really care all that much about the positions as much. Lucas, Steph, KD, Giannis, and then whoever they decide is a center, probably hopefully Jokic or Embiid, depending on which. How dare you? Um, Hold on. Hold on, though. Let's just think about the point guards that could go ahead of him. Dame, who has started horribly. Steph, Harden, Luke, who has started horribly. Steph, Steph Luka. Luka, who are just guaranteed first team. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay, uh, stay with me here. It's because it's just guard spots. Uh, depending on how they try to screw Chris Middleton, he could make a guard or forward spot. Because uh, they always try to like sneak him as a two, even though he never he literally plays more minutes at center than he does at two. Uh, like uh, let's see, who's other guard? Chris Paul. Chris Paul's lot. Well. Uh, Chris Paul Booker. Yeah, but I don't. Th- I don't. I can see a world where where Lamelo makes it over like Chris Paul. Like I mean, Chris Paul's fucking old as shit. Like, like I, I yes, Kyle Lowry and that Heat culture, baby. Who's averaging like four points a game right now? Oh, or I've something? got I've got Heat takes. So if, I, don't, I don't know if you have Heat takes. <laughs> oh no, let let's if 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 you're if you're good with wrapping up this take, I'll I'll yeah. sit here for the Heat takes. That that was not really a t- I didn't have that one written down. I just said Lamelo's going to make an All NBA team because I believe it. Anyway, yeah, I got Heat takes, baby. Let's uh, the, get heat, the Heat are so are going to break themselves. In what way? Because they're, they're old as shit. They're old as shit and playing like morons because they treat every game like it's the end of the world. Because Jimmy Butler is and PJ Tucker's like doing his wee dog shit. Which, by the way, the way he is just punting all of his goodwill in Milwaukee <laughs> is amazing. Like. <laughs> He literally would be beloved here like forever and probably still will be, but he is really pushing everyone's buttons. Like he he's also washed. I've tried to say this like yeah, twenty I times. Know. Like I, I know, I know. I have a rational love for PJ Tucker. He won me a championship. It's fine. I understand. I mean, yeah. yeah I, uh, people like he, Mike. People like Mike Scott here, dude. We didn't even win yeah. a title. <laughs> uh, let's see. He uh, demanded more money to stay than to leave. Yes, uh, which that got out. Uh, and then, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. He immediately gets to Miami, which, first of all, like you pick one of the teams that we hate. So that's not, but I guess you've got to go to Easter contenders. We're all going to pretty much hate all of them, right? Like, yeah, but everyone, but, everyone hates the Heat. The Heat yeah. are Lake, Lakers East. That's where you, old people go to retire. It's fine. Um, like Jimmy Butler and yeah. Kyle Lowry and anyway, PJ Tucker. Uh, he immediately gets down there. We dogs. And it's like, you literally were just were saying this two months ago about us. What? <laughs> You couldn't even give it a rest. Like you're immediately like, this is the dog pound. And I'm like, I'm using that image of the crow, whatever, get better material, cock, 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 whatever. Cause it's just the same. It's like platitudes. He was yelling about the bucks two months ago when we were winning the championship. And it's like, right. 
just ruin all your goodwill. It's like, dude, shut. Like everyone's like, you corn. Everyone's just, like, all of Buck's Twitter's like, shut the fuck up, cornball. Like, <laughs> but at the same time, it kind of goes with your theory is that they're all fucking dogs and psychos. Yeah. So, to that, sorry, getting back to my original point, they played PJ Tucker in game three, not the Bucks game because obviously they kicked their ass. We had half our roster, and that was like their Super Bowl. But anyway. Uh, the third, the next game after that, he, they played PJ Tucker for 38 minutes. <laughs> He's gonna die. Yeah, PJ Tucker played 38 minutes. I think w- twice in the playoffs, and that was it. Oh my god! Yeah, like, that's not good. And it was just, and it, oh yeah, by the way, he had zero points. <laughs> 38 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, if you, if PJ Tucker scores points, just let me know that because that would yeah. be a more effective way of giving me that community uh that information yeah and it was it's just yeah and it's just uh the i don't know what they're doing like they have no depth either i don't know if they're gonna try to make trades or buy buyout buy market because they're miami so they immediately get like buyout right. market guys but lakers east yeah yeah that's the thing is like i think that the, they are ripe for getting some guys in the buyout market i could they don't really have any tradable contracts anymore they kind of got rid of all of those yeah for victor oladipo baby so let's get it. Uh, they got so they basically have no one to really upgrade their roster unless they trade one of their core pieces. I think that they're going to be. Uh, I've resigned myself to the fact that they're going to be good, but I just hate them so much. I can't bring myself to say like they're anything more than like a pain in the ass team. That oh, as ever the the line that will be repeated all season. No one wants to play the Heat in the playoffs. Okay, we get I, I it. Do. Yeah, <laughs> I think you guys would destroy them. Uh, yeah, uh, I have, I'll get back to that take. I'm about to launch, but it's basically the new Bryn Forbes. Um. <laughs> well, Kyle Lowry is averaging seven points on 26 percent field goal, and also Ky- has like Kyle a net Lowry. rating of 60 or whatever the fuck. Like, of course, he always does. Yeah, but it's Ky- Kyle Lowry's washed is my point. Uh, that's my take. Uh, the Sixers were right to not trade for him, and I'm not mad at all. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) all right so please do uh, not put i was mad please do not say i was mad do not put it in the newspaper that i was mad i've done the research and you're madder than i am um i've run the numbers okay uh shit uh all right here we go the (laughs) this is kind of just for me the king should trade De'Aaron fox for ben simmons Why? Because he's played like shit to start the season. I, and I just don't want Ben Simmons to be on the Sixers anymore. So we f- we figured it out. There we go. The Kings, you can have another point guard, but we just have to have one of your point guards. God, so- that if you want to talk about a game where it's like 86 to uh, like, I don't know, 82 is you Kings lose every night. But Davian Mitchell and Ben Simmons just causing hell on the parade. That's right. <laughs> Let's go. Mid 2000s basketball is back in Sacramento. That was the last time they were good. So they'll probably uh, appreciate that. Um, Okay. So that one was more of a joke take. Wasn't a real take. I got another user submitted one here. Fatty Milk from the the, the You Know Ball Discord, which if you have not joined yet, join Nihilus Bucks is in there. He talks shit with us sometimes. Uh, They all yell at me for being happy and tell me to leave. (laughs) That's pretty much true. I can't really argue with that one. Uh, So Fatty Milk says right now, this season, John Morant will be better than peak Derrick Rose. I mean, the guy who shouldn't have won MVP. Yeah, sure. 
True. I agree. I agree. But he still was like a top 10 player in the NBA at the time. It was a, kind of a weak time, but. I will slander Derrick Rose the next 45 minutes. So <laughs> I hate Derrick Rose. I'm not, I'm not that backing mother- him up. Yeah, that motherfucker should be in jail. Uh, John Morant's way cooler and way better. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Derrick Rose sucked. He was never good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, John Morant is a fucking – he's insane, dude. I mean, I don't know if you watched that Lakers game the other day, but I'm just – I did not. My, ta- my take was a lot more lukewarm, which is that he's obviously going to end up the best player from his draft class. And this is an anti-Zion, folks. I think Zion's awesome. I just don't think it's ever going to fi- – like, I don't know if he'll ever figure it out with the injury shit. Like, okay, I just had a galaxy brain take that I don't know what it would even be do. What's that? Zion for Luca trade. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Zion for Ben Simmons. I was going to get very excited. Would have uh, the two most injured players in the NBA uh, – Trying to keep them healthy would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, no, they're both out of situation. I like it. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Dallas fucking, yeah, Zion will love it there. Uh, bigger market. Um, still have no fucking idea what they're doing, but it's, I don't know. I First off, the thing about Zion like and the injury shit, like it's all very sad. I thought that like, I mean, dude, when he was healthy last year, he was, other than, Giannis Embiid, like he was the crazy one of the craziest post scorers. Jokic, one of the craziest post scorers that I've seen in the NBA. They were, he was fucking awesome. What I I get hating the Pelicans organization itself because the Pelicans organization is run by a fucking idiot, and I understand not wanting to play there and all this stuff. But like, do you not like New Orleans as a city? Because New Orleans is fucking awesome, dude. I don't know if I, you've ever been to New Orleans, but it I rocks. have not. It rocks. I don't understand how anyone could not like New Orleans, the city. And there have been reports that he doesn't like New Orleans, the city. So I'm I'm looking at him a little sideways, which is maybe why I have this. Well, job rant he, he's, he's looking a little sideways from living in New Orleans. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks, folks. Oh, oh, he, he reached north of 300 pounds in the offseason. I just don't under, and if he's constantly getting injured, like I just don't know how he's going to be able to like not shatter his body into a million pieces when he lands. I mean, NBA weight is a myth, but according to our official stand, like Giannis is 260. Yeah. Like but he's, it's and 611 shredded to shit, like give yeah. or take. Like if you told me Giannis was 300 pounds, I'd believe you. But like Isaiah, it's just like, oh, no. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, they hold their weight very differently. Let's just say it like that. I'm not going to break it down on here, but – and I'm not fat shaming. We don't fat shame on the podcast, but I'm worried about his overall health if he's going to be jumping up and down and fucking potentially breaking his his body in the process. That's what I'm worried about, yeah. He's awesome. I hope he can stay healthy. But if not, John Morant seems like the safest bet to be the best player from that class just because of the fact that he's had less injuries, even though he plays kind of like Derrick Rose. He, he plays that high-flying style. He could easily get injured too, but he hasn't had those major injuries yet, and he's already absolutely destroying it. Trading Jonas Valanciunas was actually kind of a smart move because it made Ja and – JJJ just take that like next step kind of so um actually uh Darius Garland is really underrated and <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I I I follow way too many people on Twitter that are just <laughs> talk about the same fucking oh man I didn't even 
I didn't even get to bring up my thing about the the people who watch the Oklahoma City Thunder, but I'm just going to say just get get help. Get help. We're all worried about you. You I I've seen the phrase giddy pilled too many times. I've oh, seen b- buddy, buddy, I'm going in a month to Bucks Thunder, baby. <laughs> all right, you're enough. <laughs> I'm going to uh, parody not actionable. I'm going to convince Lou Dort to join the Bucks. I should say it that way. <laughs> Well, there's a player worth there's a player worth getting on the Bucks or any contender. Um, okay, so do you have any spicy hot takes uh, that you would like to drop on our heads next? Uh, I've got three, uh, two Nets takes. Uh, which do you want? The one about do you want about the new player or the player that's on the team net still? Uh let's do player that's on the team still. James Harden's peak has come and gone. This is the decline. I like it. I like it. It's spicy. James um, Harden has absolutely ruined his own body off the court, and he's finally starting to pay the price, along with the officiating change that has turned him into Andrew Wiggins. It's been essentially this perfect storm <laughs> of – yes, he's now Andrew Wiggins. You predicted this back in 2019 too, right? It was 2020 when I said James Harden was an officiating change away from becoming Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> Stay woke, folks. Stay woke. We got Nostradamus Bucks on the podcast. Okay. Past this peak? I mean, that's reasonable, I think. I, I He's, what, 32 now? Uh, Sure. And I don't know why and, he hasn't signed that con- contract yet. He's poopy. I mean, there, I, I do wonder if there is some sort of lingering shit from the hamstring or if he has another injury. The only reason I say that is because he would – probably sign the contract if he thought that his he was actually declining rapidly oh you know i mean you don't get that being that good in the nba if you ever think you're actually declining like true 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 and also kevin durant had the achilles and i kevin durant's kevin durant but james harden's james harden and kevin durant had the achilles injury and then still signed a four-year max contract. And Harden's waiting out because he wants to be like the first player to make $60 million in a season or some shit. Uh, which he apparently can do on his next contract. So it might just be a fucking pissing contest. Might just be like, yeah, I'm the first player that has a year that's getting paid $60 mil, Which, who cares? Money isn't even real when you have that much money anyway. So I don't understand that. What yeah, I think is kind of bullshit is the cap is jumping again here soon. Like the cut is... Like I know it'd be uh, like it's easier to build a team this way or whatever, but like Giannis right. and Supermax should just Supermax should just scale up to what the actual cap is instead of it being locked in of like when he signs it. Like I don't. Yeah, know. I ag- I agree. It should be a percentage of the cap and and go up if the if there's going to be a two hundred million dollar cap and Giannis is only making what he'll make like a fourth of that, but like yeah, he's right gonna make his twenty twenty five player option is for fifty four million dollars. <laughs> that's dude that's that's tobias harris money dude that's crazy (laughs) no but um yeah i don't know james harden's doing like go puff ads on instagram and shit not really not really taking care of himself all that great he looked terrible against the sixers i'm gonna be like it was he looked terrible he got he got outplayed by pat connaughton i'm not joking he got outplayed by furcon (laughs) corkmoss yeah like I I tr- I tweeted that he was cooked when Andre Drummond blocked him at the rim. Yeah, I, 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 there's been a lot of moments like that this season where you're like, and think about think about what how KD went about leaving leaving the Warriors, the greatest the, 
Okay, this team would beat the shit out of the 96 Bulls. I hope, uh, like, I don't know if you agree with me, but the Warriors, the Kevin Durant Warriors would beat the shit out of the Bulls. Yeah, not even a question. Yeah, let's let's move on. It's not even what? worth a, it's not even uh, worth addressing. Oh, I think the Warriors would beat the Dream Team, too, if we want to get spicy with it. <laughs> That's right, What's, baby. There's no spacing on that team. Larry Bird is the entire spacing. <laughs> Oh, that's anyway. funny. <laughs> the dream team was trash. You heard it here first, folks. They're a bunch this of cal- calculator boys. Overreaction hot takes from four years ago. <laughs> Yo, the dream team was gar- the second dream team, bro. Total shit. Also dog shit. All right. Um. So, so uh, it's just think about like, like you said, like leaving the Warriors, going to the Nets. Getting Kyrie to come there with him, starting his own like fucking what he thought was going to be an empire, and then he trades for James Harden a year later, and now James Harden could be on the decline. Even James Harden declining, like I don't think he'll be as bad as he was this first week or week of the season. But Porter, did remember, this is the overreaction podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. James Harden's washed. The Sixers also shouldn't have traded for him. All the people that said <laughs> what's funny about the, the Ben Simmons. So you you weren't your mind wasn't poisoned by Sixers Twitter uh, back in uh, January when the Ben Simmons, James Harden stuff was going on. But basically the people on the James Harden side, like me, who said we should trade for James Harden because he's way better than Ben Simmons, were arguing that, yeah, even if. Even if Ben Simmons gets better and James Harden gets worse, James Harden's still going to be better than Ben Simmons. Like, he just is a much better player and will continue to be. And then the argument from the other side was that all the things we're talking about, Harden doesn't take care of himself, Harden's old, Harden's a playoff choker, which, funny that Ben Simmons fans were saying this about James Harden. But basically, both sides were kind of (laughs) right. Like, like. It could be Harden's not as effective, and it could be that Ben is just a he's just a fucking playoff choker and not not a guy that could be on a championship team for especially on the Sixers. So it's possible that both sides were right in that situation. And also either the Bucks broke Joe Harris or Joe Harris broke Joe Harris because Joe Harris is broken and terrible now. I don't know what happened. Just halfway through the Bucks series, he just died and has not returned. I know it's weird. He Joe Harris is another one of those shooters, though, that isn't a great free throw shooter. And those I for, I'm not positive on this, but I'm pretty sure that that usually indicates that when the games become more high pressure, like the Buck series would have been or like deeper into the playoffs that those got. But, but then again, Joe Harris was just missing open shots. Like, it's not like he was missing contested looks all the time, but no. they they. But they do get harder as the playoffs go on, and generally speaking, like Seth and Curry, the regular, se- regular season comes around. This one, and he's still missing everything. You're missing wide open threes, left and right. Like the Bucks oh, game, I th- the Bucks game, I think I counted four wide open Joe Harris threes. It's just not even close. Wow, like maybe it was bad. Maybe the Sixers should trade for him. He's already <laughs> fitting in great. <laughs> Uh, but but like my point was that like Seth Curry shoots like ninety percent for the line. He's not going to miss threes like late and fucking. He, and no matter what the circumstances, he's not going to miss fucking fifteen threes in a row. It just doesn't happen. But all right, um, okay. So I have another Nets take. All right, la- last Nets take. All right, uh, Patty Mills is better than having Kyrie. 
Okay, that's no, that's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love Patty Mills. Patty Mills is shooting like 700% from three right now. This is the only reason I made this take at all. <laughs> so is Seth Curry. So they're, they're yeah. one in the same. Yeah, that's Patty Mills, I think, went eight from eight from three against the Bucks and then just kept shooting that because he's on my fantasy team. Like, wow. He's just. He is absurd. Like, it's like, yep, up. He's got 28 again. It's like, what the hell's go- going on? Patty Bills is fucking awesome. But honestly, I'm starting to kind of regret my Nets pick a little bit just from the defense is not not good. It's very what did I, know, I tell you in our podcast. You d- I know podcast. you did. I know you did. I'm I, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm not backing off it yet. But if the if the defense continues to look as shitty as it has, and all their guys look as washed as they are, and they don't get Kyrie back, but like if you get Kyrie back and Kyrie is not completely lost his mind, and you can get some sort of normalness out of Joe Harris and James Harden, and like I think they'd be able to figure it out to the point where they could get back to being like legit contenders. But I so have if not, all of their sh- players stop playing bad and play good, they'd be good. <laughs> Yes, exactly. That's okay. the hot, hot takes podcast, Oof, dude. I don't man, know what that was a little calm down, man. <laughs> All I'm going to say is the Nets would have no wins right now. Well, this was actually I said this yesterday before they beat the Wizards, but they would have no wins if literally anyone who listened to this podcast was the coach of the Sixers other than Doc Rivers. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, okay, so my next one is... OG Ananobi is never going to be a superstar, dude. Just give it up, Raptors fans. It's a, it's a, he's a this, good player. This he's, is the year, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's, it is very reminiscent. I, I understand why OG looks like a superstar. He's a big body. He can shoot threes. He's a fucking awesome defender. He might make an all star team or two. Like, he might make a few because, just because like Ben Simmons did, like in the same way that he could get like the rep as that amazing defender and he could be on a really good team and all that shit. But like this guy isn't a superstar. How like I know he's 24, but like if the leap, the shot creation leap hasn't happened now, I just don't see it happening. Is this, is this supposed to be a hot take? I, 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 I know I Raptors, guess. Twitter, Raptors Twitter is the most insufferable group of people to- <laughs> On Twitter, they're insane, dude. I, I forget. Did we talk about this, or was that me on my one of my other friends' Bucks podcast? We talked about how they're the most insecure group of people who's ever existed. <laughs> yeah, no, they definitely are. And I, I legitimately think it's because they have abandonment issues because Kawhi left, just won a championship, and dipped. Like <laughs> the saddest thing I'd ever seen was. So I'm assuming you saw stuff about the Deer District and stuff, right? How we were ha- the Bucks were having watch parties. Yeah, outside. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got mad that we had co-opted Jurassic Park. Uh, it was like they were getting upset. And by the way, the funniest thing is the first watch party to ever occur in the history of the NBA was the Bucks watching the Bucks play the USSR uh, in 1984. So they theoretically co-opted us. But anyway, no one cares. It's just see, no one cares. But, but also, like, so they invented <laughs> watching sports outside. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, they are claiming to have invented and have the patent on watching sports outside. It's <laughs> the saddest thing I've ever seen. It's- <laughs> I will I will hear about the fucking the Sixers not trading for Lowry for the rest of my life. I literally I'm sick of it, dude. Like it's it's con- I'm constantly reminded by them because they ended up now they ended up trading for Wash Dragic 
and they trade for fucking Preston Sachua, and now I'm gonna have to hear did about I how t- great how great Preston Sachua the- is. Oh, oh wait, yeah, we were talking about it in our uh, DM that uh, yeah, that trade got held up because for days because they were trying to move Drogic and couldn't do it. No, yeah, not a, yeah, yeah. Not a single team in the NBA wanted Drogic, like on that and- contract. And you can see why now. Watch watch their games. He's fucking washed, dude. And then it's yeah. like their offense looks like total shit. And like if OG Ananobi was this great shot creator and like I like Fred Van Fleet. I like I like OG. I like some of their guys. But like if they were these amazing players, the offense would be better. Like that's kind of like just a logical opinion to have. So I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't stand some Raptors fans. Like I like some Raptors fans that I know from Twitter. So there's a lot of nice people on there, but the whole of Raptors Twitter, their new obsession with the Jalen Suggs thing, because people said they should have picked Jalen Suggs over Scotty Barnes. Like you said, it's the most insecure, weird fucking obsession I've ever seen in my life. Dude, get over it. Get, like you won a championship like two years ago. Get over yourself and your fucking Obama era liberalism takes and shit. Like, fuck They're off. Just upset the greatest player of their franchise's history wants nothing to do with them. Uh, Kwai. Yes. <laughs> or Vince Carter or Chris Bosch. Definitely not Kyle Lowry, though, right? DeMar DeRozan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea Bonyardi? <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All I have left are Bucks takes. If you got any other non Bucks takes. Uh, all mine left are Sixers takes, so we can uh, we can do this, and you can laugh at me. Although I just had Kemba's washed, but I don't really think that's a hot take. I think Kemba's knees My, just exploded. This yeah, this isn't really a take. Oh, the Bucks are winning the title again. Uh, next take. That's not really a take. <laughs> that's just a fact. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I'm gonna say barring injury to oh, two of Giannis and Chris. Uh, okay, that's fair. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo is not finishing the season on Milwaukee. I, I think so, too. They're Grayson, not going to want to pay him. Right? Grayson Allen is playable and good, and I don't know what's going on anymore with my life. He is. He is good. <laughs> I mean, he's fine. He's, he's he, And he's better a fit than Dante. He does. like So basically watching Grayson Allen, like, I don't know. This isn't really a take, but it's like watching Grayson Allen. It's like, oh, this is a it's like a everyone's like, this is a bad Grayson Allen. This is what good Dante looks like. I don't like <laughs> I had people in my mentions uh, mad at me today because I said every every player that went to school in the Philadelphia area, Sixers Twitter, thinks they're the greatest player of all time. And someone tweeted at me that Dante DiVincenzo was really good. So do, do you want to do you want to give us Seth Curry? We'll give you Dante. <laughs> I'm good. I'm chilling. So, so I don't know. I think it's partially an over overreaction to the fact that our entire front court is hurt. Uh, but. We are slowly trying to psyop the magic into giving us uh, Mobamba for Dante and Rodney. <laughs> so how would that even work? Oh, because you both don't want to sign extensions. Yeah, for them. exactly. We neither they don't want to sign either of them, and it's like here, get a free look at this guy in RFA. Dude, uh, I, I, here's the thing: Dante is a better NBA player currently. I would be all over that if I were the Bucks. Exactly. You know, basically, Mobamba doesn't have to do anything until another year from now when Brook Lopez is up. Right. Like basically, he just sits there and learns how to be Brooke Lopez. Like, obviously, he's not going to be as good as Brooke Lopez, but no, like, he's a little, he's, he's a little too soft to be Brooke, but he is, I think he has potential. I still do. Yeah. And get him to an actual team like the Bucks. It'll be great. Also, he, Dante DiVincenzo doesn't have a rap song about him. That was a hit. So, Correct. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Also, the Bucks can only have one good white college player on the team at a time. Then I guess you got rid of Sam Merrill. So you got 
Grayson Allen, Grayson and, Allen then, back. and then you have Dante DiVincenzo. So you got to get rid of Dante. You already traded him once. You might as well trade him again. <laughs> yeah. We don't speak of that, I guess. Uh, no, it's fine. The Bucks uh, wouldn't have won the title if Bogdan was their shooting guard. So, also, I, uh, oh, here's my take uh, that I've not watched any Hawks games this year except for one, and he was terrible. Uh, Grayson Allen is better than Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I think that they're going to end up trading him anyway because they have you know, 40 wings on their team as it is. They're going yeah, to have to like, pay all of them. They're, they're, it's like I feel like they already regret that whole thing because it's like, do you think they just put start Herder and bring Bogdan off the bench to be their scoring punch? Yeah, but, I mean, that's probably what they'll end up doing eventually if they don't trade Bogdan. I think Bogdan could be moved, though. They almost moved him at the deadline last year, and then yeah. they go on this run. So I don't, they kind of the Hawks kind of stumbled into this luck. They've done a great job drafting and team building, but they're, they're, they kind of stumbled into the luck of, of, of last year with all that shit happening with firing Lloyd Pierce and getting Nate McMillan and, and almost trading Bogdan and Gallo at the deadline and then not doing it. Trading Rondo and getting a pick with Lou Williams, yeah, they 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 absolutely crushed it. But um, okay, so you have any more Bucks takes, or is that it? Because I just yeah, have two do you want do you want to do do you want to do one and then I'll come back and we'll go back to you? Sure, I'll do a Sixers take, which is submitted from Thomas from a group DM that I'm in. Uh, ben Simmons is a net neutral player. <laughs> okay, so his you're okay, so the offensive playmaker who is also. Uh, who is like all de- our defensive player of the year quality is so bad at shooting that he's net <laughs> neutral. <laughs> is that the day I mean, we've said it before? Tall Bruce Brown, baby. Fucking, tall Bruce Brown. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, the Sixers defense is much worse without Ben. That's undeniable. It, it's not nearly as good. Even with Thibel playing more minutes, like it's not like he's so bad on offense that it doesn't matter. And then on, and he's not playable for 30 minutes a game because of the offense. And then on top of that, it's it's been a major downgrade, obviously, from going from having Ben Simmons on the perimeter to having Tyrese Maxey and Seth Curry on the perimeter. Um, so yeah, I, and also Danny Green's looking not very. He looks kind of washed. Uh, although he was never great on ball uh, with the Sixers, he was better off ball. But long story short. Ben is definitely an impact player in the regular season. Um, I just thought that that was a funny take that they had. Uh, and this next one's going to make you uh, explode. Your brain will probably – although, uh, by the way, the Sixers half-court offense, it's probably due to hot shooting because Seth Curry like made like 23s the other night. But they have one of the best half-court offenses in the NBA, which they never have had with Ben Simmons. I know Dude. Seth Curry's good, and I w- like obviously the Sixers will do anything to keep him. I want in my life at some point to see the Curry Curry backcourt. I know. That's why I wanted Steph on the Sixers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I that would be awesome. They had him. They had him. He was the that was the first team he ever signed with. He never actually played real games for them. But it yeah, was back like around the time of the dy- like the when the dynasty started. But uh yeah, Seth and Steph would be an awesome backcourt, and I would love to see that. Honestly, he's got two years left on his deal. It's kind of up to him. Uh he'll get paid a ton of money in a year and a half, two years from now when he's a free agent. And if he wants to go to the Warriors, I'm sure that he would. So uh you might get to see that. They might just both be much older. Um and then my thing that is going to make you laugh your head off because you hate this player and you hate the Sixers is that the Sixers would be a contender with CJ McCollum uh, instead of Ben Simmons. <laughs> a contending for what? Uh, I don't know. Maybe an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. 
a division round, a division title, maybe over the Nets. Maybe we we would be contending for being a funner team that I like to watch. Um, <laughs> no, no, I. Okay, here's the thing. I've said this before on the podcast. If there's one player that is not a, a absolute star that's out there that the Sixers can get that would fit, CJ McCollum is just exactly what the Sixers need. Other than obviously having fucking Damian Lillard or Steph Curry, yeah, but it's Tobias Harris again. <laughs> he's better than Tobias Harris. I he's know. A, he's I, I, honestly I, for a while I thought that they were similar tiered players. But the way that CJ just shoots pull-up threes, dude, he shoots like seven pull-up threes a game. And he last year he made like 40% of them. This year he started off making 50% of them. Obviously, that's not going to sustain. But like this, CJ McCollum shot just as many threes, pull-up threes per game combined as the Sixers starters. Like they don't yeah. have anyone who can shoot pull-up threes except for Furkan Korkmaz. So... It would add an element to the offense. I think the defense would take a step back, obviously, but I do think that they would be much more competitive and much better in the playoffs uh, if they had CJ McCollum instead of Ben Simmons, or in this case, no one. We don't have anyone. We just have no one playing because Daryl Morey's a psycho. Um, all right, so that that's all my takes. Do you have any more Bucks tapes you want to before we wrap up here? Uh, yeah, uh, Jordan War would be a lottery pick if we did a redraft right now, <laughs> and he's basically Michael Red, but again. Oh, cool. Nice. What about the other guy you drafted from Seton Hall? The m- uh, Sandro Mamouk Keshe Lavelli. We have someone in the Discord. Keshe Lavelli. Yeah. Who's, Ke- who's Mamou Keshe Lavelli pilled? I don't really yeah. know Dor- anything I, about him. But. He agreed with uh, D- uh, Dormammu, agreed when I nicknamed him Dormammu. So he's my he was my favorite, and I will die for him. No. Uh, yeah, we had an interaction on Twitter when I was asking what his nickname was, and I asked if Dormammu was cool, and he's last, he accepted Dormammu as his nickname. So. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Dormammu's easier then. Yeah, it's also how I, uh, yeah, uh, w- uh, yeah, he's Jokic basically, but, you know, much, <laughs> much. It's like great value brand, great value brand Jokic. Okay, we got Jokic, baby. We got Jokic 2.0 that you got with the 56 pick in the draft. <laughs> you remind me of when Shake Milton had two good weeks, and I was like, is he the better version of Jordan Clarkson? Okay, <laughs> was, so no, it's funny. Remember, like, remember, remember someone in the Discord called him uh, Diet Chris Middleton? <laughs> yeah. I was so mad. Yeah, I know. He's definitely Rod- not that. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Sandro's awesome, but he's so weird as a player because he's like, well, for, he's been playing a lot because we have no centers right now, though Bobby is Bobby and Semi are back, which those are centers, right? Uh, In the modern NBA, sure. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, Bobby Portis technically plays center, but he just plays power forward. And Giannis does all the center stuff. But uh, anyway, uh, he's unplayable or he's not playable on defense and the offensive creation suddenly hasn't worked when it's not the preseason who knew uh oh me and isaiah joe now in the regular season he has disappeared and i'm very sad which is still funny because he's shown more nba prowess than mamadi diakite already did his entire rookie season that he's no one no one no one who listens to this podcast knows who that is by the way (laughs) <laughs> he was a four-year player at Virginia. He's won every single NBA title at the age of two, in one year. He won every NBA title since the, the all seventy-five. No, but no, I'm saying in one year he won. He went from NCAA to NBA G League championship to NBA title in one year. Wow, that's amazing. Paul Reed would be jealous. The G League yeah. MVP, who's uh, our like twelfth man. All right. 
that's a good place to wrap it up unless you want to talk about the 14th or 15th man on the Bucks. <laughs> I'm Bucks pilled, baby. No, uh... Let's see. Do I have any more takes? Oh, let's see. Kate isn't real. Blah, blah. Kate isn't real. Kate's a oh. social construct. Harden's dead. Uh, Jason Tatum is just Chris Middleton as the oh, lead, fuck. lead player. How did, you, how did you fucking... This is okay. a stinger for the people who are still around. Horribly timed, by the way. You t- you sent me that yesterday, and then... He Tatum- dropped, th- dropped th- or 40. I know. That's why I was like, do I even say it now? It's very... I am just- <laughs> Just Jason Tatum is literally just Chris Middleton left as the lead player because Chris Middleton is the lead player can also drop 40 on any given night. True. And also could drop you 12. You also think that he's a top 12 player. So. He, he is. <laughs> 12, no. 15, yes. Um, okay, so he's a top fi- – so Jason Tatum is a top 15 player. And yeah, that's they're, like the, they're the, they're the same player. Like they're, they're literally the same player. All right, Kevin Arvidowitz. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know All if right. I was going to say it or not. I had to throw it in there. Uh, no, yeah, see if, like, I, you, get any, you can clip that audio and make people mad. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's going to be what I use to promote this podcast. That's going to be the bait. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to wait until an hour and 25 minutes in to hear this take uh, about um, about Jason Tatum literally just being Chris Middleton 2.0. So. Basically, they have the same offensive tools, and they're both inconsistent as shit. That's the, t- that's the basis of the take. Uh, people got mad at me when I called Scotty Barnes Ben Simmons 2.0. And, it's and Jason, like, Tat- Jason Tatum shows up in the playoffs. Guess who shows up in the playoffs? Chris Middleton. Like, it's the same shit. It's They're not the same an player. insult. I know. No, I as someone who highly regards Chris Middleton, it's just people think Chris Middleton's like 25 and Jason Tatum's like top 10. It's like they're the same player. They're just so the you, same. So you think, that, you think that Tatum can't be the best player on a title team, but you think he could be the second best player on a title team? As he is now, obviously Tatum's like 19 years old and can take another <laughs> leap at any time, but... Uh, <laughs> He's still 19, folks. Yeah, it's, it's true. He's 23 now. I think he's 23 and a half, maybe. I don't know. I, the Tatum thing's weird to me. I feel like I predicted like he was going to make a, another leap into the top tier this year, maybe into the top 10, top He's probably like a top 15 player right now. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. He's really good. I'm not like – I could the, see some guys leapfrogging him. I'll say that much. And I, they're both very young too. Ja, LaMelo, all those guys. So, But also I'm bucket-pilled. So it's like those I'm, guys I'm Jalen Brown. I'm Jalen Brown-pilled. And I, I started I, – I, I, I don't want to do it. Do Best want, player on the Celtics? Uh, it's going to get louder if the season continues like this. I'm going to just say it. Uh, he's, he's definitely more aesthetically pleasing to watch. I, th- I like Jalen Brown's game. Also, Jalen Brown is a lot cooler than Tatum. Yeah, he's awesome. He rocks. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I love Jalen Brown. I have loved Jalen Brown the entire time. So it's, it's. I always like to poke the bear and say Jalen Brown's better. I remember. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, I used to just I like real, to fuck I got, people. I got real mad two years ago when Tatum and Horford made the All Star game and J- Brown Jalen Brown did. And I'm like the best player. Or no, it was Kemba and J- yes. uh, Tatum made it and Jalen Brown did. And I'm like the best player on the Celtics didn't make the All Star team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they definitely hate that one, which is funny because I'm like, you know, both of them are on your team, right? Like, if if you would argue, although I guess I used to get mad when when people used to say Ben Simmons was better than Embiid, but that has proven to be false. So, and you and, uh, understand people say that Chris Middleton's better than fucking Giannis. So, Oh God. Kendrick Perkins has had every opinion ever about Chris Middleton and Giannis in the span of two months. He rocks. He has the he, perfect, 
perfect. He went, grade. Yeah, he went from in the finals to like saying Chris Middleton is Batman to Giannis is the best player in the world within one month. He rocks. So I yeah. wish that I that I strive to have that brain where I could just be a goldfish and just forget what I said yesterday and just come on here and spew some new shit. But I remember like every single take I've ever had. It's a gift and a curse, folks. All right. Let's wrap it up. I got to go watch the Sixers get their ass kicked by the Knicks. Please don't tell me the score. I'm watching. Uh, I just pulled it up on my phone. I'm going to watch for the beginning. So I will uh, talk to you later. Peace, bud. Hey, uh, someone paid me to plug their Instagram. Do you think, can I do it real quick? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Fuck it. Are you serious? Uh, yes. Yeah, five, 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 five bucks. That's All right. You got to send me You gotta send me 250 Sure, man. I don't care. No, I'm uh, kidding. Follow, uh, at Sunday under Scoop, the number one ice cream account for basketball lovers on Instagram. They've got scoops. They've got hoops. And they even have valley oops. Give them a follow. Give them a follow. And don't forget to scoop on Sunday. Exclamation point. There that we go. rocks that rocks <laughs> oh thank you for having the first ad ever on my podcast <laughs> that's not that's not yours it's not a bit it's not a bit incredible amazing all right I'll talk to you. oh my god <laughs> this is amazing i'm leaving all this in by the way yeah. I, I, I please dude i will all right peace see ya